0: Hi, my name is Caitlin Mulgaard from Bad Waitress, and this is the Miserable Failure Podcast. You're ready!
1: Hello, hello. Welcome to the Miserable Failure Podcast brought to you by Krusty Media. And I am your host, Michael X. Krusty. Today's episode is such a funny episode. I was just laughing so hard talking to Caitlin. Bad Waitress is a band from Toronto and they have a new album coming out October 3rd. We're going to talk about that. They just dropped a new single, Strawberry Milkshake. So let's play that first and then get into it. Here we
2: go.
3: seems to be wanting more light pink wet dream god and super queen blonde team and fresh meat service on the floor
0: How are
1: you doing, Big Red?
0: Fucking all right, you know? I'm feeling really loosey-goosey. I I recently discovered yoga. I know. What? Holy shit, man. I feel like I've gone to the masseuse. It's insane.
1: Is it that good?
0: Well, the thing is, is like you're relaxing while exercising. It's like you're working your muscles, but you're stretching them out. So fucking feels amazing, like Gumby. You know, I try you just it? feel like gumby. Yeah, dude. I've been doing this online free like YouTube series called Yoga with Adrian. And then she does it for 30 days and she's such a nerd. Oh man, it's been a godsend because my aging fucking body. Am I ever- like <laughs> Yeah, I'm a i am You can swear. swear, you can say okay. fuck
1: shit, piss. I feel like I'm definitely in the worst shape of my life because this goddamn pandemic. Maybe I'll Same. try it. I also already had a, a whole bag of Tiny Tom Donuts today. So who knows?
0: You know what? Just press that reset button. It's okay.
1: Tomorrow's a new day.
0: Those donuts are in the past. Yes. Look to the future.
1: Okay. I'll do it. Because you say so. Okay. How's your cup of joe?
0: Oh, yeah. This is my second one. I just, you know, even if I don't really drink much of it, I just like to have it. Yeah, it's com- like, it's a
1: comfort thing, right? Yes. yeah. You just-
0: like my blankie. But anyways, uh, it's got Dalek schematics on it. Doctor okay. Who. Yeah, Doctor Who. Okay. So
1: you like Doctor Who? Who's your Who's your favorite Doctor?
0: I really like Matt Smith and David Tennant.
1: Yeah, those are the two best ones.
0: Yeah, go back in time. I really like um, Tom Baker.
1: You watched like the early ones, like the black and white ones, and everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you've gone
1: full nerd. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, I've gone so nerdy that uh, me and my partner have gone back and watched the. Um, on BBC, they only had so much tape, right? Their budgets were super, super low. So they would reuse the same tape and film over stuff. So in a lot of the early, early Doctor Who episodes, there's none left. But they went and animated them and then had some a lot of the original actors come and voice the animation. So you'd see some of it in like live action and then the scenes that were erased were animated. It Pretty trippy. That's pretty Pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did BBC do that? Did they pay for that to like happen? Or is that like fans did that?
0: I think it may have been fan funded, but I have to double check my swords. Fact check. We
1: need a fact check here. I used to have someone who did fact checking, but they quit.
0: Maybe you could ask that washing machine in the background to help you out. As
1: you can see, they have stuck me in the laundry room where I do all the people that I live with. (laughs) 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 Valerie
0: oh valerie what's in those drawers they're all like open like you got like yeah. poltergeisted.
1: there's actually a commodore 64 in that drawer right there awesome. that is covered this caked like dust caked on it but i, I want to take it out one day and set it up but i'm too busy
0: you're so busy being a miserable so failure
1: yes i am, <laughs> I am.
0: that's true yo ditto kiddo i think that's why you asked me on here
1: (laughs) yeah i saw you i I met you and i was like oh man you're a miserable failure join me
0: yeah yeah we you and i uh kind of hit it off from the get-go i think we were just it was one of those uh hey we're friends yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. we're friends yeah all right cool moving on
1: (laughs) weird knows weird amen you're in a band called Bad waitress, formerly the nude dogs. Am I? Which is every band, every dog is technically a nude dog.
0: Yeah. I mean, we could go down this philosophical rabbit hole, but I do believe I, I am in the camp of saying yes. Yes. They are. I am in bad waitress. Bad waitress is in me. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: You are a bad waitress.
0: I am a bad waitress. So I am kind of the namesake for... I'd be
1: a horrible waitress, which isn't a good name for a band.
0: No, we really wanted just one word. One monosyllabic.
1: One syllable.
0: Yeah, look, like, why is monosyllabic have so many fucking syllables?
1: I can't even spell that. <laughs> I went through my archives. I have archives. Photo archives. And the first time I photographed your band, December 2018. <laughs> and it was at the Monarch. I feel like I got on the train late. Is that like late on the train for by a waitress? Or is that still early?
0: What bad Waitress has become, I think that, that that's early. That's early. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm one
1: of the trues.
0: Yeah. 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 You are. You are, my friend. You really, really are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause you had Party Bangers Volume One was out with all those weird songs on it. Yeah. Those weird, all those
0: weird jingles. Let's get uh, <laughs> fucked up.
1: Acid Brain. Whoa.
0: Bar out. You are haunted. I told yeah, you. Yeah. Like it just went on. Yeah. I saw that. Okay, that's weird. Have you seen that movie, Host? No, I haven't. Oh, it's good.
1: You're a a big horror fan. Yes. Top three horror series of all time.
0: Series like TV?
1: Most horror movies, they have like part one, part two, part three, part 19. So which top three series in any order? Scream. Okay, okay. Do you like the fourth one? No,
0: but I just, I love Scream. Yeah, Those, those are good ones. You know, yeah. Yeah. First three are hilarious. I <laughs> really like the Omen trilogy. Okay. The problem is, is I really like the first of many of them. But finding a series that I actually am about, I guess Alien.
1: Alien. Yeah. Aliens. Alien, Aliens. Alien 3.
0: Aliens. Yeah. like all 5.
1: Resurrection. Okay, like
0: 3 is so bad. <gasps> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I can get as far as one and two installments. After that, everything falls apart for most things. I feel like
1: the three that you picked are kind of like movies that could actually happen because aliens could actually happen, right? But like there's certain movies that are like like Hellraiser. Is that going to happen? That's uh, It's kind of like very not real, you know what I mean? Whereas like Friday the 13th, which is one of my favorite, that could
2: happen.
0: Yeah. I actually went down that Friday the 13th rabbit hole last year for the first time because although... I say I'm a fan of horror. I'm not really into like Slashers. Well, yeah, because they're like they're oftentimes really cheesy and funny. Yeah. And th- I think that's why I like Scream because it makes fun of itself.
1: It does. It does. Yeah. You know,
0: and, and kind of like plays on those tropes and it's funny. But I really like kind of like the more elevated ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Did you like the original Halloween?
0: Yes, I love it. Did you like yeah.
1: the the remake? I didn't really care for the Rob Zombie remakes.
0: I'm not into them, no. Yeah,
1: the original, like the first and second Halloween, to me, they're like one long movie and it's just the perfect movie, yeah. Yeah. And I just watched The Shining last week again, which is a movie I've seen a bunch of times. But have you seen, you've seen this movie, right? Your eyes just like. It is so good. (laughs) It is so It is terrifying. Like the scene when Jack goes into room 2.37, 2.37, and then the female is in the bath, and mm-hmm. then she gets out, and then the music. The and stings. And, yeah, yeah, just boom, 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 boom. And then he looks yeah. in the mirror, and it's just terrifying. Oh, my yeah. God, my skin is just like, oh, I had to pause it.
0: I really like how Stanley Kubrick played with making it dreamlike. Instead of creating this very linear kind of story, things jump and pop. And not in like the jump scare kind of way, but in this like, it's there, now it's not, now it's there. You know, kind of messing with your like subconscious a little bit.
1: Do you think that movie is the kid basically saying that he was getting sexually abused by his father and and those were all those things that you see were that? Or do you think there was actually a Room 37 that was haunted?
0: I like to go with the second one because it's more fun. The real horrors of child abuse um, are something I like to steer away from. Yeah.
1: I went on YouTube after, and there's like so many different fan theories. Those were the two biggest ones that I saw. But
0: people love to make these like grand allegorical hypotheses about storylines.
1: It's half the fun.
0: I get it. I get it. Like, it's like a nice time wasting kind of thought experiment. I'm just more superficial and want to take what I see for face value.
1: Fucking boring. I'm really boring, I'm sorry, (laughs) okay? Do you like Harry Potter?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have that childhood connection to it that will never, never go away. In fact, in eighth grade, I had my own Harry Potter message board community. Cool. (laughs) This is like 2001 there was this website called Easy Board and you could make a message board whenever you wanted and people could sign up and blah, blah, blah. I ended up, it was like a role playing. Like you'd choose your character, choose your house from the, in the you know, put on the sorting hat and what have you and so it was at Hogwarts castle and like there were all these different rooms there was a quidditch pitch there was like that sounds fun fun. it was (laughs) so fun but it took so much work it ended up getting like like thousands of people on it and I was just like okay this belongs to other people now
1: so you started it and it grew that big to like thousands it was huge it was so
0: big and but I never actually like I was just like well, this has grown organically and I can.
1: Yeah. And you're in grade eight, you said?
0: And then I was like, oh, but I'm going to go listen to like new metal and play guitar now. So yeah. uh, enjoy your Harry Potter.
1: If only you had figured out a way how to make money off of it, how to profit off of it somehow.
0: Yeah. Well, we didn't really think in those terms back no. in the day. No, you know? no of course not. Just back when I would hand write out my replies to people before I typed them out. Wow. Yeah. Because it would basically be like writing stories back and forth.
1: And Did you have to have the books in front of you like, to refer to the books so you don't screw no? up?
0: it's like fan fiction.
1: I really opened the book here. I didn't know that you were that immersed into the Harry Potter world.
0: I was. It's been like what? Fucking almost 20 years. 20 years. years. Yeah. yeah. I've seen
1: all of in them in the theater. So I am a fan as well. Yeah. Thanks for asking.
0: This is about me. I'm <laughs> I am a guest. I am a guest. You are the host
1: yes okay you're right sorry (laughs) i forgot my role your band let's back let's go back
0: to your band people people
1: want to know about your band this is like a music Uh, themed
0: podcast right no not
1: really it could be whatever we want it to be really
0: but our connection yeah our our
1: connection by waitress post-punk i want to say
0: band post-punk Yeah, uh, a lot of people just call us punk. I think it's because they're lazy and they don't want to actually like call it. It's fucking
1: post punk, people.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what else would it be? Because it's not pop punk. Like nothing. Definitely not
1: pop punk. Fuck no. No, it's very uh, edgy.
0: We never write anything in a major key. Are you frigging kidding me? That's so lame.
1: No. (laughs) So fucking lame. You guys (laughs) don't do harmonies either. You guys just do gangs.
0: No, no, we do harmony. No,
1: it's gangs. Sounds like No,
0: you're a gang. Oh, God. No, (laughs) on our new record, we have a couple. No.
1: Whoa, new record. What new record? What new record?
0: I've opened Pandora's box, and inside is our new record.
1: What's the name of the new album?
0: It will be called No Taste. And that's great.
1: Is Is it because you guys can't taste it? You have no taste buds? Are you referring to people not having taste because they don't know what they're missing with Bad Waitress?
0: I think it's making fun of the fact that we have no taste. We are not tasteful. We are tasteless. We have no style. We have no grace. We have no taste.
1: So here's here's my take on on Bad Waitress. I love that title. It's perfect for you guys because I feel like I can say I know you guys well. Mm-hmm, you do. I know, I know the band well. Like, I don't know everything about you guys, but I've hung out enough to know a little bit about you. I can say that from the outside looking in, you guys are edgy as fuck, ferocious. You guys don't give a fuck. You guys will do whatever the fuck you want. You'll go on stage wearing all kinds of weird makeup and weird outfits and you don't give a fuck. You're there to play music. You're there to rock out and have fun. But I know you guys... And you guys are like the four weirdest people from four different places. Callie's from North Canada. And you guys all met somehow, gravitated towards each other, and you're like sisters and you're weird. And you're like the kindest four people I know. Aww. But on the outside to everyone else, you're like Rawr.
0: I know. People have actually been intimidated by our by us. And I'm it's just because we're so scary nice, I think. Yeah, that's just it. We're so nice. It's scary. No, um, I do understand that. I think a lot of it is I personally have been inspired by Spinal Tap. And I think that basing my entire musical career around taking the piss has been an absolute asset for me. I think that if you act so ridiculously rock and roll to the point where it becomes a fucking joke, like it's it's so fun. The playing field is wide and broad. And, you know, it's like I'm living in a Scream movie. It's just absolutely taking the piss and being aware of oneself constantly. You know? And it's
1: just, it just sounds like more fun when you don't care or when you don't care what people think.
0: Yeah, I guess it's like, I've done the caring what people think thing. I did it a lot. We're not there to like destroy people's lives. Like, <laughs> you know, like no. we, it's, not there. it's not that we don't. Care about people. It's about like deflecting, like I'm rubber, you're glue, sort of thing. Any negativity, toxicity, toxicity, yeah, maliciousness. It's how RuPaul said it on one episode of Drag Race. He said, "Well, other people's opinions about me are their problem. It ain't none of my business." You know what I mean? So. That pretty much sums it up.
1: I like to say to, to people who are like anxious or like they're constantly thinking about what other people think. I'm like, you can't control what other people think. You can't control what other people do. All you can do is control what you do and what you think.
0: Absolutely. And I've learned that somehow through life experience that if you insert your own personality into every situation, then you get more out of it. And so do the people around you. Because when you... Open up and are yourself, then you create a comfort zone for them if they aren't there yet to also open up. That's probably the bad waitress ingredient. I think that's important. All of us are pretty much figured that one out, you know, to certain degrees. But
1: so, what's the difference between Party Bangers, like the music on that one compared to the new album? What's the biggest
0: difference? Well, Nicole's not on
1: it. Is Nicole on
0: the first? No, she's not. Okay. No. So, uh, Nicole, huge influence on this record. Not every single song, but most of them go deeper into more serious territory.
1: Yeah. I remember asking Callie about the lyrics that she wrote. And she said there was like a lot of dystopia, like loneliness and real issues more yeah. than just partying and
0: stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, the thing with Party Bangers, it ended up being our first introduction to people and that's cool, but it wasn't intended to be that. It just kind of through a series of events happened to be that way. So Party Bangers was literally just, uh, guys, we need some something to sell on our tours. Let's just record all these songs together. They're really short, we can bang it out really quickly and they're fun and goofy, right? So it was basically just to have merch. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then when Royal Mountain came into the equation, they wanted to release it. Obviously, being on a label, we got a little bit more footing when it came to exposure. So, a lot of people ended up hearing it as our their like first foray into bad waitress. Yeah. And now with the LP, it'll be a little bit more us. <laughs>
2: pain. Okay.
1: So did you guys get signed on to Royal because of Party Bangers?
0: I don't think it was because of it. We were spotted playing a show. A couple of the guys, the representatives from Royal Mountain, were there to kind of scope out another band. So they ended up getting there a little early for that band set and caught ours. They'd never heard of us. They didn't know anything about us. So it was really one of those fairy tale kind of stories. That's cool. Was Was it
1: the show I was at or was it before that?
0: This was at Smiling Buddha. So I believe it may have been before that. Yeah. And it was pretty hilarious because they were like, oh, my God.
1: Do you want to say the name of the band that they were there to see? Or do you want to not say it? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I,
0: I don't do the dirty like that.
1: Yeah. It wasn't my band, guys. Don't worry. It's yeah, I, I promise. I've never had a record label to listen to me. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Aww. It's cool.
0: I I love you.
1: Can can you start? Galen's going to start a label and sign me. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: (laughs) For miserable failures only.
1: Yes. That sedative is on the album. That Uh, was the first single. It's not 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 on on the album. You tricked me on that one too.
0: Nothing is on the album that you've heard. Oh, baby.
1: I thought you said to me that that sedative was going to be on the album, but (laughs) pre-post, period blues... Was not, and neither was. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, too ben- too many bad habits was not. None on
0: the album. of them are on the record. So, what's the first single? It's gonna be called Strawberry Milkshake.
1: Okay, yes, I knew that. I knew yes. that. Yes, I, I yeah. do. yeah, and I know that song.
0: You called us sneaky, which is pretty funny. Sneaky. We didn't mean to be. It's just, we're just kind of like, what do we do? Okay, all right. Oh, that doesn't work? Okay, we'll do this one. So it's a trial and error process that from our end looks clunky and clumsy, but from your end looks Purposeful and sneaky. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> what you
1: guys have done is perfect. You, you, you've literally fooled everybody. You've been delivering awesome songs nonstop during the pandemic, and you're still sitting on a full album. So I'm a little bit jealous, a little bit peeved, and and I'm excited. I'm excited to hear the album. So it's there you all, go. It, it's
0: it, there's nothing wrong with a little healthy competition. My fellow musician extraordinaire. (laughs) No, actually, what happened was is we got fucking fed up with not having any presence during the pandemic. And we had these songs that just didn't make the cut for the record, whether or not... Like, they were good, they're amazing songs, but they just didn't fit with the rest of them. So we kept them in our back pockets for singles. And it just so happened that timing... Worked out for that. So So who produced
1: the album? Where did you record it? Tell me about Uh, the process.
0: Yeah, we recorded at Union Sound and at Lincoln County Social Club. So we did all of the drum tracks and the bass and everything. uh, You know, all the bass tracks at uh, Union over a week's period. And then we did all the percussion and weird Noises and feedback and shit and vocals at uh, Lincoln County. Oh, and it was produced by Dave Schiffman.
1: Okay, and he did, uh, he's done pop and...
0: Yes, he's done pop, he's done, he worked with Mars Volta. He worked under Rick Rubin, so he was mm-hmm. an engineer for a lot of incredible albums. And he's worked with Limp Biscuit. What, 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 what? Did it all for the
1: nookie. The nookie! Um, my favorite Limp Bizkit song is called Take a Look Around and it's the song from the Mission Impossible soundtrack. It's the Mission off. Impossible song.
0: Oh my God. Yeah,
1: yeah. Whoa, well, that I took me it.
0: like... Whoosh.
1: Yeah, Whoosh. you're welcome.
0: That was a time machine moment for yeah. my friend. But well,
1: you know exactly what song I'm talking about.
0: You are the doctor and I just got injured TARDIS and we backed, went back to like fucking 2000. <laughs> well. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh. <laughs> when did you sign with Royal Mountain?
0: We were going over contracts and stuff at the end of 29, 2017.
1: Oh, so that, okay, that that's, a, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, because like yeah Four or five years ago. Holy fuck. I just spaced out because that's a long ass time.
1: I yeah. distinctly remember before the pandemic happened, I was talking to Nicole. I guess I've known Nicole the longest because I knew her from her old band like I knew her when she was very young I used to work at a music store in Mississauga and she used to come in all the time and I'd see her play and she was mentioning a tour that you guys had planned and she was asking if I can come and do some of the driving and and photos and all that kind of stuff and it was for I think it was punk rock bowling in Vegas last year in May yeah because you guys were planning a tour and she had like I had the route and everything was planned out it was like Mm -hmm. you go down south you go to Vegas and to LA for like four or five days and back, and mm-hmm. and I remember how excited you guys were, and then everything kind of fell to shit, and because the album was already done by then, right? The album was supposed to come out like a year ago.
0: Well, gee, thanks for dumping the shit sandwich on my head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm no, sorry.
0: Hey, hey, you know what? You got to face up to reality, and uh, that's exactly what happened. It was. Did abomin- you guys have
1: any other other tours planned besides we that were,
0: one? Well, we were supposed to. Prior to that, we were going to go down to South by Southwest. We were playing New Colossus Festival in New York when things started getting spooky. You know what I mean? Friday the thirteenth, March thirteenth, twenty twenty. We're all holding on to the the hope that things would well. You know, whatever we know where we where. Yeah, we, we are we are.
1: So, is there obviously? When the album comes out and things are safe to tour again, are you guys planning on going back to the States? Do you have any plans to go to Europe? Like, do you you guys have a European booking agent or anything working on that? Or what's the the kind of plan?
0: Yeah, there are some plans. Things are realistically up in the air at the moment. Um, It's not about if they'll happen, it's about when. So things are going to happen. It's just a matter of how things roll out, vaccines, et cetera. I've gotten my first vaccine, which I'm really, really fucking stoked about. We have PR people in the UK who are kind of working in tandem awesome. with, yeah, because I think that I honestly think that we do. Yeah, well in Europe, so really looking forward to that. Don't know when, but
1: you guys are gonna tear up Europe. You're gonna kill it out there.
0: I damn well hope so. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> honestly, tootin'. I I friggin' love it over there. You've been there? I have been to Spain and I've been to Italy. And it's so rad. Everything's so old and ancient and everything is so, I don't know, I love like old folklore and history. And so it's somewhere, I've always been attracted to Europe for the architecture and the stories behind everything. Mm -hmm. When I was in Spain, I visited a place called Ronda RHONDA. It was when the Muslims occupied Spain, so around the 14 1500s when it was
1: That's um, when you were there?
0: Yeah, I was there. I was <laughs> no, okay, there sorry. around 1400. <laughs> Friggin' time machines. Yeah. So a lot of the architecture was like mosaics and a lot of like Middle Eastern influence, but with like the Spanish flair and stuff. And there was like an ancient bathhouse that we visited, and there was a like a well, the water source for like the steam and everything came from. It had dried up since, but there was a bat flying around in it. And I was like, Spanish Dracula. Yes. <laughs> I love vampires.
1: We've had this conversation.
0: We're getting to the conversation that we both wanted to have. Uh, Vampires. Buffy, 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 Buffy. So? (laughs) I just got really excited.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Who's your favorite character on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Giles. Giles! (laughs) Rupert. (laughs) Mine is Willow. Uh, I love Willow.
0: Yeah, Willow's so... Allison Hannigan is so funny. She's really good. She's really good. You know what?
1: Giles' arc throughout like the the series is pretty is pretty cool because like he starts off as like the librarian kind of like scaredy cat nerdy guy, and then by the end of it, he's a complete badass.
0: Yeah, he's such a badass. And then, like when they like re- what was his uh, nickname when he was like a
1: punk ripper? Rock- ripper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. And he can sing too, like there's the one scene where they go into the cafe and he's playing oh uh, and he's playing the Who song. No one knows what it's like. <laughs> I'm gonna play that clip in this episode right here.
2: <laughs> yes. No one knows what it's like to be the bad man. To be the sad man behind blue eyes. No one knows what it's like
1: to uh, be hated. Uh, to to be um, could we go back to the haunted house? Because this is creeping me out. Boom.
0: Boom. That and like mix it with Fred Durst singing it. Oh god. <laughs> it all I should. it all comes together.
1: It all comes together.
0: My favorite character is uh what's his face? The nerd. The nerd brigade. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs>
1: Oh god the the three? <laughs> yeah, what the the fuck? three guys. It's uh Jonathan, Andrew, Jonathan. and and what's the third guy's name?
0: Warren. Whoa, oh, Warren. Wait, okay, Andrew's the blonde one, right? Andrew's the funny one. Yeah, yeah he's, 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 funny. he's the he's funny one. I actually yeah. met him.
1: Uh oh, RL. R- R- yeah. I have a story for you. Here you go. Ah! So he was uh he on Twitter. This is like 2010, 2009. On Twitter, he was like, hey, I have a show. I just booked a comedy show, because he was doing stand-up comedy, in Toronto. And part of my show, I need a musician to play songs for me. Is there anyone in Toronto that plays guitar? Me, being the nerd I am, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I play guitar. I can learn any song you want. I'll do the show with you. And he messaged me privately. He's like, Hey, Michael, that's so cool of you. Uh, Let's do this. These are the songs. So he sent me like, I was like four songs I had to learn on guitar. He sent me the the chords. They were super easy songs. He's like, I'm going to arrive this day at this time. Can we meet here at this, my friend's place. And his friend's place was the guy who played fake Moby on uh, uh, how I met your mother. You're laughing. Oh my God. That was his friend. So I, I showed up at this guy's house in Toronto at like noon. We go, I meet him. We go over the set. We play the songs and he sings them all. And I'm like, cool. This He's like, okay. Be at the, the place at this time and we'll do the show. And he's like, do you have anyone you want to get guest list? I'm like, yeah, I have a couple people that are going to come. His comedy show is hilarious. It's all about his dating in LA uh-huh. and and how things go wrong. And then we play the songs and there's like 150 people there. Everyone had a blast. After the show, he does a signing and he like tells me to come up and like the lineup. And me and him are signing things. We take You're a couple signing pictures. Things? I, yeah, he's like, yeah, so oh too. And people were asking me for my signature. Awesome. And, then, and then he's like, okay, we got he's like, hey, Michael, we gotta celebrate. We gotta go to this bar. And it, and he took me to this bar. It was called Zippers.
0: Oh yeah. I've, I've been never been there, there before.
1: That's oh, the moment, God. and that's the moment I realized he was gay. I didn't, I had no idea. <laughs> Anyway, so we go to the bar and and I had the fucking greatest night. It was so fun. We like, we partied and we danced and we drank all night. It was great. Yes. Oh my
0: gosh. And
1: then, you know, I went home and then life was back to normal the next day. But it was such a cool, it was Uh, such a a
0: whirlwind. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he's like the nicest guy.
1: Yeah. He's the nicest guy. I bet you no Ah. one listening to this podcast knows about that story because I probably haven't even mentioned that story in like a decade. But yeah.
0: How could you not have? Told me that by now. I don't know. I am just. <laughs> I feel blessed, and that's wacky. Oh, that's like a a dream sequence. Yeah, it really it was, sounds. It was very like strange. It it. Yeah.
1: That's exactly what it was.
0: Yeah, it's like it's just so cool. You'd wake up and be like, hmm, that's wacky, and then go about your day. But that actually happened. <laughs> I so still have the cool.
1: songs, the demo songs. I, I have them somewhere. <laughs>
0: Are they comedy songs?
1: Yeah, one was, you know, that song, hit me with your best shot, far Uh away. It was that, but he changed the lyrics to a date that he went on.
0: Awesome.
1: Hilarious, but yeah, that happened. And the only two people that witnessed that, like that I know are the two people that I had on my guest list, which was my brother and his partner.
0: Wow, that's that's amazing. And somewhere (laughs) out there, a bunch of Buffy fans have your autograph.
1: Yeah. I don't know why. It is what it is.
0: Posterity, man. So you, you never weren't there. Know.
1: You weren't that, you were not that show then, I guess.
0: I was probably still living in Vancouver. But yeah, I moved here in 2012.
1: It's so crazy. Yeah. You're here. And then, and then Callie, she lived in Northwest Territories.
0: Her and I actually bonded because we met. We both moved to Toronto the same year. A friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, Michelle Puska, who is the brain... Like, Night Owl Fest is is her brain child. She ran that. She's a promoter and booker and fantastic. But so her and Callie were actually working some Joe job at a pizza place when they met. And Callie has this big old portrait of Helen Wolf tattooed on her inner upper arm. Oh. And... Michelle knew I was a, a major blues fan. So she facilitated us meeting. And then, yeah, Callie and I just kind of like, we both had that glint in our eye. And we're like, mm-hmm, yep. I get you, you get me. All right, let's watch Star Trek in your basement. All right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then when did Moon come into the picture? I
0: moon mean, had been around my social circle for quite some time. Since I you lived, moved to Toronto, sorry? Yeah, so yep. I moved into this big house called the Owl's Nest at College of Lansdowne. <laughs> More had like a name. fucking rat's nest. Like, I don't know anything. A lot of the Lemon Bucket Orchestra people would be uh, rehearsing, and some of them were my roommates. Have you heard of these guys? They're like a... Lemon Bucket? Lemon Bucket Orchestra is like this 15-piece, like kind of like klezmer gypsy party punk band. They play a lot of traditional Balkan tunes and they're infamous for taking their parties out of the bars and into the streets and like busking and yeah, so they were nuts. So did you get
1: any sleep when you lived there at all?
0: Oh my God. Honestly, (laughs) Michael, I would be in the kitchen and then one would be practicing a scale in their bedroom on violin, and then there would be a saxophone playing a completely different key of a scale in the Uh. other room, and it was like Satan like jerking off into my head, it it was awful.
2: That's great. (laughs) Anyway,
0: so Moon was like a clown, like stilt walker, like crazy punk that was part of that community and would be around. And we, they threw a lot of after parties at the Owl's Nest. So I think I met Moon through that. Yes. I always admired them. I always admired their freedom of like expression and full respect for sure. Absolutely.
1: Like I said, you you just gravitated towards each other.
0: It's like our lives slowly began braiding together till it was inevitable. Yeah.
1: You're really into the blues, you said. Is that why you shred so hard?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's like, I did that thing where um, my dad's like a, a biker guy and like really loves old like blues, electric blues, rock and roll, that sort of shit. So I cut my teeth on a lot of his old tapes and records and shit. Got into classic rock, obviously. But through that process, I started learning about the history of rock and roll, history of blues. And I went down a major rabbit hole obsessing over blues and tracing the roots of the music. And I learned slide guitar. And I was covering like Mississippi Fred McDowell songs and busking and learning a lot of the old like spirituals. And this is like a ton, a ton of stuff. And that's where I learned about the blues is called the blues. Cause it's like the, you know, there's like the blue notes, right? It's like the, it's the, not the happy notes. It's not happy notes. It's like, no, but it's like the note between the note. That's where those bends come from. That's the sweet sourness that makes rock and roll. You know, it's like, ugh. I don't know. I've tried to explain this many a time.
1: I understand what you're saying. And I love what you just said. You described it perfectly for anyone who's listening, Katelyn shreds on guitar. And I feel like it's not said enough. When Mm. you hear the word bad waitress, they should be saying, that guitar play over there, Caitlin can shred. Because you can. I've seen it. Bless. (laughs) Multiple times live.
0: Uh, You have documented proof of it, actually. I do. And
1: (laughs) you can fly. You can fly, too.
0: I was just thinking about that photo. Oh, man. And... That was amazing because I was in like this baby pink doll dress and just <laughs> yes. like leaping through the air. Yeah, I I knew I jumped, but I didn't know how much air I got until you showed me that photo. I was like, "What the?" I didn't even know that I had that in me. So thank you for documenting that. I appreciate it.
1: You jumped over the moon, basically. It was great, but yeah, you can shred I from can. one shred to shredder to another. Amen. I appreciate you. Fist bump. And I love what you said. Boom,
0: boom! <laughs> Sorry, I love the name of your podcast. I swear to God, if I were going to start a podcast, it would be something self-deprecating like that. Absolutely. Thank you. Just like I, I started my uh, earring making business, and I, I didn't yes, know what. Plug to- that. Pop. Plug it. Plug it. Oh, okay. I can plug it. Ah, the plug. Oh my god, I have my own business and. It's called Dang Old Dingle Dangles. I repeat, Dang Old Dingle
2: Dangles.
0: (laughs) I literally, so I was making, I always made my own jewelry. I always made my own earrings. I was always broke as fuck. Like, you know, or I started in high school where I was just like making random shit with what I had. I noticed last year that a lot of people were asking me if I could make stuff for them because they were admiring what I like my earrings. And then... I did. I just fucking started, and after a while, I was like, I need to like make a shop. And I was like, what should I call these fucking dangled dingle dangles? And there it was. It just fell out of my fucking face. It's been going pretty good.
1: Yeah. Did you do just earrings?
0: I actually, people can't see it, obviously, but I'm making Mr. Bumpy from Bump in the Night.
1: That is wicked.
0: I know. I have to add his teeth and stuff. But um, so it's gonna be a keychain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. I love it. I'm going to need one of those.
0: I love Mr. Bumpy. It's been really fun just messing around with different material and putting my kind of obsession… My I have a kind of like this obsessive kind of focus that is, has probably helped me get good at guitar over the years. But, and it's been nice to like OCD out on these different crafts. With so much time in my hands, I don't feel like I'm compromising. You know, but when I had to like work all my fucking jobs to like do everything, pay the rent and stuff, it was like I would always have to like split my time between music and you know just life life. so it's been really great to just be able to not look at the clock and not be like have that tick tick tock like you only have so much time like it's been good to like lose myself in what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what day it is. Can you tell us when the album is dropping? Can you give us a date?
0: Can be the beginning of September. Knock on wood, fingers crossed. That's the updated official date, as far as we know. So far, our timeline has been sticking.
1: I think that's going to stick.
0: Yeah, it has not been affected yet. Actually, by the time this comes out, our music video for Strawberry Milkshake is out. Oh, my God. It's going to happen. It's happening. Oh, my God. It's This podcast is going to coincide with it.
1: Yeah, oh. perfect.
3: Oh, so, so.
0: Yeah, yeah. See? Stumbling into things that seem planned. Yeah. <laughs> well. So, yeah, check it out. Strawberry and Milkshake. Out on all streaming and platforms and services.
1: Yeah. It's just no, it's a bad waitress uh dot bandcap dot com or you can just search bad waitress on YouTube or on all social medias. They're just bad waitress.
0: Wherever and
1: uh yeah. And you can I'm assuming once the they announce the actual date of the album there you can pre save it and you can pre-order and, and you can support the band as much as you can. I'm assuming you're gonna get vinyl. I can't oh, wait yeah. for that. <gasps> I cannot I wait have... for the final
0: I have my baby test pressing. I It sounds so good on vinyl. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: I don't want you to, to give us too much, but whatever you can, how many songs are on it?
0: Uh, there's 10. Yeah. So it's like on the shorter side, but it's uh, really delicious.
1: It's going to be album of <laughs> the year, I assume.
0: Yeah, it already is.
1: Yeah. To me. And then, and then next year, when I have you back on the podcast, you'll probably be a Juno winner.
0: Yes. Uh, we will have a Juno and we will have a Grammy and we will have a Nobel Peace Prize because we will join everyone together in not harmonies, but in gangs.
2: Yes. (laughs)
1: Gangs. (laughs) Bloods versus Crips. That's it.
0: No. Oh, sorry. The world will be one big gang. Okay. I like it. A happy gang.
1: Yeah. All right. Thank you. Do you want to plug anything else? Do you want to, where can people find you? Anything?
0: I have my own Etsy shop and I am at Dangle Dangle Dangles on Instagram if you want to see my work. And also, yeah, just please fucking check out my band because I love my band and my band loves you probably. So, hopefully. Yeah, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're around, man. We're fucking around. So.
1: Bad waitress, find them. Thank you.
2: A many bad habits
3: Pull. My whole life is just a fucking joke.
1: Wow. Hey, like, honestly, such a great episode. So funny. If you didn't laugh even once during that episode, then you just you have no soul. That's it. That's all I'm going to say is you have no soul. Definitely check out by waitress. I'm sure they're going to have a ton of shows booked and announced as well as like an album release party and all that jazz. I want to give a quick shout out to Caitlin. Thank you for hanging out with me. I super appreciate it. Uh, if you guys want to get some of my merch, you know where to go. crustymedia.ca. I'm also on all the social platforms. Michael X Krusty, Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. I want to give a quick shout out to Steve Risen. He does all the technical production for this episode and all previous episodes out of his studio, Drive Studios in Toronto, Canada. So thank you very much, Mr. 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 I don't know why I'm saying that. But uh, to everyone else, you know what I'm going to say. Say it with me. See you next time.
0: Did I do
2: okay? Ugh, arg